platform. Thank you, Jacob. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Thank you for your presence here, Holy Spirit. And I pray that as I speak, you would speak. Holy Spirit, speak to each and every one of us. Stir our hearts. Open our hearts and our spirits to those things that you want us to hear. Lord, may we, may we receive your word with open, glad hearts. And may we be receptive so that we can be fruitful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good, so good to have Vic and Eileen Bejan with us. Over here, all the way from South Carolina, and uh, they moved over there. They were a big part of our church for many years, a real blessing. We love them, appreciate them, and uh, we were sad to see them go, but nevertheless, they have returned, and they do return every now and again to the promised land, and uh, so it's good to have you here. Love them, and, and uh, really, we were, have been greatly blessed by them. So today, I want to speak about rest. Take a deep breath. Rest. I wonder if you've ever been somewhere. I don't know what your idea of paradise is or an idyllic location. For me, it would be a white sand beach with very fine champagne sand that squeaks under your feet when you walk on it, and a beautiful crystal clear ocean in front of you with that, that's that beautiful azure color with a really nice point break, surf break there that breaks in the same place all the time so it's easy for me to catch the wave. And of course, just give me a, a you know, a palm hut on the beach and I'll be happy. I'm in my happy spot. Or you may prefer going for hikes in the mountains and crystal clear streams running down the side of the mountain. Whatever it may be and wherever it may be, your idyllic location and you, in the, you are in the place where you get refreshed, but somehow you cannot rest. You're stressed, you're worried, you're anxious, you wound up like a clock, and you can't rest. Or maybe you've been in a situation where all hell is breaking loose around about you, where there are storms that are taking place, there are things that are going on in your life that are out of your control, and you're feeling overwhelmed, and yet somehow in the midst of all of that turbulence, there is a deep-seated rest that you sense on the inside. There is a deep-seated peace that you experience. Why is that? The reason for that is peace is not found in a place. Peace is not found in a circumstance. Peace is found in a sense of the presence of God and from something that comes from within. The greatest example of that is the story of Jesus who's asleep in the boat in the middle of a storm. Jesus is asleep in the, in, in the boat, 
And the disciples are freaking out because the storm is so severe, they're afraid that the, the, the ship is going to, the boat rather, because it wasn't a ship, it was a small fishing boat, the boat was going to sink. Of course, Matthew probably was the one who was freaking out the most. He wasn't a fisherman, he was a tax collector. And then there was Simon the Zealot, who was a, a warrior, and he, he didn't know anything about fishing or sailing. And and, and Peter, James, and John, and Andrew for a while were trying to calm them down and say, it's okay, we know these waters, but even they were starting to freak out. They thought, we've never experienced a storm like this. We're going to sink. And then they looked at Jesus asleep in the boat, and they thought, does he care about us? He's asleep in the boat, and we're all about to drown. And they woke him up and told Jesus, don't you care about us? And Jesus said, he, he, have faith. Don't you have any faith? And he spoke to the storm and he said, be still. Why could Jesus go to sleep in the boat in the middle of a storm like that and the disciples freak out? The reason was that Jesus knew God's presence and he had a peace and a rest within him that was greater than any storm any opposition, any turmoil, any trouble that could come against him. What was in him was stronger than anything that could come against him. And so, as we look at that, the thing that we need to understand, and the first thing we need to understand that about rest is that rest comes from God's presence, and rest comes from within. And Jesus summed this up when he said these words in Matthew chapter 11. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, anyone who's laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What's a yoke? Jesus isn't talking about that yellow thing in the middle of an egg. He's talking about a wooden cross piece that was fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to a plow or cart that they pulled. In other words, come and get harnessed to me, connect with me, come alongside me, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." In the message version, I love the message version of this, it goes, are you tired? worn out, burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Anyone want to learn Live, learn how to live freely and lightly. And Jesus tells us in this passage of Scripture how we can experience true rest. First of all, He says, come to Me. So, He's, he's inviting us to come to Him. And then there are three things that I want to highlight, all of which, uh, two of which I want to touch on today and continue next week. But he says these things. He says in the message translation, walk with me, work with me, watch me. Can you fix that in your mind and in your attention? Walk with me, work with me, watch me. Walk with me, work with me, watch me. Anyone want to walk with Jesus? 
Anyone who want to work with Jesus? Anyone want to watch Jesus? And those are the three keys that Jesus gives us to how we can experience rest. First of all, walk with me. Come to me. Get away with me. Walk, you'll, and you'll recover your life. Recover your life. Anyone feel like you need to recover your life? Jesus says, get away with me. You go on your computer and there's all these offers for a getaway weekend. Well, I want to encourage you, get away with Jesus and experience his rest. I read a quote once and I love this. I'm going to read it to you now. I hope it resonates with you as it did with me. The needle of the compass never stands still until it comes to magnetic north. I'm going to read that again. Jesus is our magnetic north. And the needle of the compass never stands still. It never rests until it comes to magnetic north. And when we come to our magnetic north, Jesus, that's when we rest. That's when we can be still. When we spend time with Jesus, when we're in his presence, we find rest for our souls. And here's a thought when we think about Jesus saying, walk with me. Who we walk with in life determines the shape of our life. I'm going to say that again. Who we walk with in life is going to determine our destiny. It's going to determine what kind of life we live. Proverbs 13 and verse 20 says this, Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. So Jesus is saying, I want, you to, I want to invite you to walk with me. And when you walk with me, it's going to change your life. And what, think about this, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So if we're walking with the Prince of Peace, what are we going to experience? Peace. If you're walking with those who are regurgitating all of the twaddle that's going on around about us, what are you going to experience? Do you know what the word twaddle means? It's an English word. It's, you'll discover when you go to heaven. It means all of the nonsense. If we're walking with and listening to all the nonsense that's going on, on around about us, we're not going to experience peace. We experience peace when we walk with Jesus. Who are you walking with? And it's a good question to ask ourselves, not just in relation to our spiritual life, but every area of our life. Di and I have for many years gone for a walk. We call it a vision walk, and we walk together, and we talk, and we talk vision. We make, make a, 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 an agreement. We're not going to talk about anything stressful. Not going to talk about money. Not going to talk about, you know, pastoral issues. Just going to talk vision. And we walk together and, and experience a, 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 a great connection that we can experience because we're walking together. Di does, now she's, she's, she's uh, flicked me and she's moved on to other people now. And uh, she walks with other people now. And I'm just joking when I say she's flicked me, but she's, she walks with other people and she walks and talks and walks with the wise and they exchange wisdom and they exchange experiences about life. Who we walk with is hugely important. And David, of course, who talked, blessed are those who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't walk in the counsel of those who are going to give you ungodly counsel. 
And I don't want to get onto this, but be careful what kind of counselor you go to see and talk to. I know many people who've made hugely disastrous decisions as a result of going to the wrong counselor. Find godly counsel. Go to people who have wisdom. Go to people who don't have a personal agenda in, in, in the kind of choices and decisions that you're going to make. But David said, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And he, of course, he talked in Psalm 23, that famous psalm that he's, uh, and I'll read it from the voice, Psalm 23, the most read psalm in the Bible. Here's a different take on it from the voice translation. The eternal is my shepherd. He cares for me always. He provides me rest in rich green fields. Besides streams of refreshing water, he soothes my fears. He makes me whole again, steering me off worn hard paths to roads where truth and righteousness echo his name. David saying, I'm walking with God. I'm walking with the eternal one. I'm walking with the Almighty. And is it any wonder that David, out of those experiences that he had as a young man, became the one who was anointed to be uh, the, at the forefront of God's uh, plan through, his, through the tribe of Judah to ultimately cause Jesus to be born of the line of David. And of course, Jesus was called the Son of David. If we're feeling burned out, if we're feeling burned out, the first question we need to ask ourselves is, am I taking time to sit with Jesus? Am I taking time to talk with Jesus? Am I taking time to walk with Jesus? One of the things that I love to do and is I love to go for a walk, and I take a walk with Jesus. Sometimes I take the dogs, and they think I'm crazy because... I'm talking the whole time, not to them, but talking to Jesus. And I take a walk and I talk to Jesus. And so the first question we need to ask ourselves when we start to get a little bit, we realize that we're starting to get tired. We're starting to get exhausted. Those things that used to energize us begin to tire us is, am I taking that time? Am I walking with Jesus. I'm not just talking about, am I, do I believe in Jesus? Am I walking and talking? Am I doing a walk and talk? If you go and see the doctor, the doctor will give you a medical checkup. And, I will, you know, every year, as, as seldom as I possibly can, I go to the doctor and I get a checkup, and the doctor goes and says, get blood work, and when they get the blood work, then tells me your cholesterol's too high, you need to cut this food out, uh, your triglycerides are too high, no more sugar, so no more of Jeannie French's cakes out in the foyer. Uh, I, have to adjust my, I have to adjust my diet, and, the, and she's telling me, hey, you, wanna, you need to adjust these things to get your body into balance, and it's exactly the same thing. We need to ask ourselves the right question. Sometimes we, we're trying to blame why, what we're experiencing and feeling on other circumstantial things rather than the essential things which are to do with what's happening on the inside of us. So first of all, walk with me, Jesus says. The second thing is work with me. Now the two words, for me, the two words work and rest don't go together. 
<laughs> anyone with me. Work and stress go together, but work and rest don't go together. But in God's vocabulary, work and rest do go together. And I want to take a little bit of time to talk about that because I want to debunk some of the myths that so often we, we hear or, or that, that are abroad when it comes to rest and how we truly find rest because uh, we rest by nature, human nature is we rest from our work rather than resting in our work. But Jesus said if we work with him, we can rest in our work. Now, I know this may be a strange concept to some because work is stressful. But the principle that God teaches in his word is that as New Testament believers, our rest is in him rather than in absence of work. God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. Why? Because he was tired. He was burned out. He was exhausted. No, he rested. That word rest means he ceased from his work so he could meditate and contemplate the work of his creation. And so the Old Testament pattern for believers was you worked hard for six days. The, the Jewish people didn't have a five-day week and a 40-hour week that became a 38-hour week that became a 32-hour week that became a three-day. No. The Jewish people worked six days. And then on the seventh day, they rested. And rest meant you could not do according to their law. You couldn't do any kind of work at all. And I'm not going to get into the... Or the, the, the the written law and the oral law, Jesus, Jesus budded heads with the Pharisees because he challenged their, writ, their oral law, their spoken law, their, their laws, their traditions that said you can't even, you know, take the chaff off wheat, which was ridiculous. But that was the Old Testament pattern. The Old Testament pattern was that you rested on the seventh day and they had a Sabbath. That was the rest but here's the thing. The pattern that Jesus established was that Jesus came so our rest could be in him, not in a day of rest. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't have a day off? Absolutely not. We should all rest. We should all take time to recuperate. We should all take time to uh, refresh ourselves. We should all try and have a day where we just, you know, avoid uh, we, we get replenished, and we replenish our souls, all of that, and we become re-energized. But it's not a law. It's not something that's legalistic. And I'm, I want to get into a little bit of that in a moment. But Jesus came so our rest could be in Him, not in a day of rest. He is our Sabbath. Jesus is our Sabbath, not a day as New Testament believers. Here's the big idea that I want you to catch today. In the Old Testament, the week ended with rest on the seventh day. In the New Testament, the week begins with rest on the first day. I'm going to say that again. In the Old Testament, the week ended with rest on the seventh day. In the New Testament, the the week begins with rest on the first day. That's why Jesus rose from the dead. It wasn't an accident that he rose from the dead on the first day. It was in the plan and intentionality and purpose of God. 
So rest is the starting place for the New Testament believers. It's not the goal. Rest is the starting place. We start with rest. And there's a passage of Scripture that in the book of Hebrews that explains this so well. And it's Hebrews chapter 4, and sometimes it's a bit of a confusing passage for New Testament believers because the person who wrote the book of Hebrews, and we don't know whether it was the Apostle Paul or not, but the person who wrote the book of Hebrews was writing to the Hebrew believers who were steeped in the law of Moses and the traditions, uh, the oral traditions of the Jewish leaders at the time. And what he said was, Basically, the context of this passage is when God took the nation of Israel out of Egypt, they rebelled in the wilderness. They tested God's patience, and they failed to enter the rest that God had prepared for them in the promised land. So God is saying, because of their lack of faith, they failed to enter into the rest that He'd prepared for them. Where was the rest? The rest was in a place. The rest was in a day, the Sabbath. They failed to enter into that. And then the, the writer of the Hebrews, to the Hebrews says, don't be like them. Enter into the rest that God has prepared for you as New Testament believers. And that rest is not in the land, a nation or a place. It's not in a day, the Sabbath. That rest is in Jesus. And we can experience that rest as believers anywhere and any time. Because our rest as New Testament believers is found in Jesus. Let me read this passage from the Passion Translation of the Bible. Now, the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. So, we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. And then moving on from there in verse 8. Now, if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, God would not have spoken of another rest yet to come. In other words, the rest that God was speaking about was not only just speaking about the rest of the, the rest that they would find in the land or the day, it was the rest that would be found in Christ. So we conclude that there is still a full, complete Sabbath rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faithful, uh, faith, faith rest life, I like that, God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works, just as God celebrates His finished works and rests in them. So then we must be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. Now, in verse 9, it says, it speaks about the complete, so we conclude that there is still a full and complete Sabbath rest. What is that complete Sabbath rest? Is it cessation from work? Is it observance of a day? Well, this is what the Aramaic uh, which was the original language that Jesus spoke. In verse 9, it speaks of Jesus here, and it says, He arose to be the Sabbath for the people of God. I'm going to repeat that. Jesus arose to be the Sabbath for the people of God. 
So the Sabbath is Jesus himself. He is our Sabbath. When I walk with Jesus, when I work with Jesus, I'm experiencing his rest. By faith. And so in the Hebrews it says, be diligent to enter into that race, into that rest. Because here's the thing, the work's been done. Salvation, connection to God, peace, empowerment, all of the promises of God, it's all done. It's all finished. We don't have to fear. We don't have to worry about our eternal destiny. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to do, we enter that by faith. And here's the contra, almost counterintuitive word that's in that. It says in the, in the book of Hebrews, the writer says, strive to enter that rest. <laughs> don't strive in, in, in your troubles. Strive. King James Version, labor to enter into that rest. Work hard to enter into that rest. The hard work of rest. And can I tell you, we all spend so much time, our society and our, you know, at large in today, we work so hard at resting. And I found out, and I don't know where the, uh, I, I don't know where they get all of these statistics, but 95% of people surveyed look forward to weekends of rest. 52% are more exhausted at the end of the weekend than they were before. And I would say it's probably higher because we're all working so hard to rest. The hard work of rest. So our struggle is with our human nature which wants to work for that rest. And Jesus is saying receive that rest by simply entering into that rest. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Our biggest problem, and I want you to catch this as I conclude and not get distracted by this amazing musical piece that's going to be played behind me. I want you to catch this. Our biggest problem is that we rest, spend our lives trying to rest from a place of work rather than working from a place of rest. The orientation of our lives creates more stress, more pressure, because we're trying to rest from a place of work. We're hanging out. You know, I remember when I first started working, I. You, you, I clocked in and clocked out. You know, they had one of those Bundy machines. You clocked in and you clocked out. And I'd be watching my clock, watching my watch, watching, watching. An hour to go, you know, four hours to go. Three hours to go. An hour to go. Ooh, one minute to go. Bundy out. Clock in, clock out. Clock in, clock out mentality. Couldn't wait to get out of there. Couldn't wait for the weekend to come. Friday, what's your favorite evening of the week? Friday, I've got two free days ahead of me. Work, work, uh, you know, trying to rest from a place of work. Always looking forward to the next holiday, the next vacation. In Australia and England, everyone gets four weeks. Who wants to live in Australia or England? Everybody gets four weeks. Here, if you take a four-week vacation, people think you're never coming back. 
And so you live the whole, I can't wait for my vacation, can't wait. Your whole life is vacations coming, vacations coming, vacations coming, vacations here, vacations gone. I've got to wait another year. And then you're all depressed the last day of your vacation. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Because I have to go back to work. We are, we are resting from a place of work. But if you work from a place of rest, it changes everything. It changes our perspective completely because we find our rest in Christ, in His presence, in His life, in His energy. And there's an inner rest that we have on the inside of us that we, as we approach our lives and our work. And I'm not stressed out. Hey, you know it's not work that kills people. It's stress in work that kills people. Hey, I'm sorry to give you the bad news, but it's Monday tomorrow. You're going back to work. Well, we better get used to it. How about enjoying what we do? How about approaching the week from a place of rest? So we start our week in the house of God, recognizing that God is our rest. Those that are serving in the house of God here on a Sunday, it's like, uh, it, it, and, and we're serving the Lord. We're doing that from a place of rest. We're not saying, well, I'm spending time serving God, so I'm not resting. No, we're resting in what we do. We're doing what we do from a place of rest. I don't need to say, I mean, I've been working, I don't know, maybe I, I've been working for a long time. 46 years. I've been in the ministry for uh, full-time ministry since 1985. However many years that is, 36 years. Following Jesus for 42 years and and I, I will say this, and I know that I, I've experienced extreme stress, but one of the things that I know is that my rest is found in Jesus. And I want to live my life not resting, not, not resting from a place of work, not, not, uh, but I want to live my life working from a place of rest. If we work from a place of rest, it, everything, everything becomes stressful. Our career, you know, it, it, sorry, if we're, if we're trying to rest from a place of work, everything's a, an inconvenience. Everything's an issue. Our career, our kids, our ed education, taking kids to school, marriage, raising kids, having fun, organizing the perfect vacation, Thanksgiving, Christmas, etc., etc. So stressful. And I can't get any rest in it. rather than enjoying all of those things because I'm working and I'm approaching life from a place of rest, an inner rest. You know, I, I, by nature, I'm the kind of person that worries and I'm the kind of nature that I can get kind of, when all the arrangements, are, I can kind of get kind of flustered. You know, I was cooking a new meal last night, flat iron steak with, peppercorn and cream and Madeira sauce and Di was watching me cook it in my new cast iron store cooking pan that I just love to use 
And she said, what's wrong? You, 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 you seem stressed. He said, no, it's just that I'm trying to get everything right and I'm reading the recipe and getting all the ingredients. And my, I, can, I can be like that, you know, but I just learned. I used to get stressed out Christmas and, you know, thanks. All the, just, just, just enjoy. Just chill, Jonathan. Relax. Dies clapping. So this, I have to strive to enter that rest. Some of you just ease into it, cool as cucumber. I have to strive to enter that rest. We rest in Christ when we're working from a place of rest. We rest in Christ. It's not in a cessation of work. It's not in a cessation of or an absence of serving in, how, in God's house. And, and it's from that place of rest. Here's the, the difference. If you're resting from a place of work, you work from break to break. Rather than working from a place of rest from venture to venture. If you're resting from a place of work, rest is something you seek. If you're working from a place of rest, rest is something we experience. If you're resting from a place of work, rest is a destination. If we're working from a place of rest, rest is a state of being. If we're resting from a place of work, we're watching the clock. If we're working from a place of rest, we're watching the progress. If we're resting from a place of work, we, it's tiring. But if we're working from a place of rest, we're energized. If we're resting from a place of work, life is continually compartmentalized. But if we're working from a place of rest, life is integrated. And I want to close with a quote. Going to get the worship team to come up. And I want to close with this quote that I think is one of the great quotes that I've, I have thought about many a time. And it has been attributed to James Missioner. Um, it could have been someone else who, with whom it originated. But James Michener is given the credit for this quote. And he says this, the master in the art of living. Who would like to be the master in the art of living? The master, one person. Okay, I'm speaking to you. The master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he's working or playing. To him, he is always doing both. I pray that we could live our lives knowing that our rest is in Jesus. He is our Sabbath. Our Sabbath is not in a place. Our Sabbath is not in a time. Our Sabbath is in the person of Jesus Christ. We can continue to work with great vision, with great energy, with great purpose when we're resting in Him. We don't need to get burned out. And when we feel that that's coming, we need to take time to walk with Him, to work with Him, to be with Jesus, so that we make sure that we can understand that rest that He wants us to have. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. 
Jesus said, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Can we make a, a decision? We're going to walk with Jesus. We're going to walk with him, work with him, and we're going to enter his rest. Can you say amen to that? Let's stand together. Would you stand with me? Let me pray for you. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for each and every person. And today we worship you and we honor you. We thank you for your, your amazing love. Thank you that you are our rest, that you, Jesus, are our Sabbath, that we can enter into this week, this coming week, from a place of rest. And I thank you, Lord, for your, for your amazing grace. May we be energized. I pray if there's anyone in this place, Lord, those who are feeling overwhelmed, those who are going through intense periods of stress and pressure, may they know your rest. May they know your peace. May you walk with them just like you walked alongside the two disciples who were unbelievably sorrowful the day of your resurrection. But you walked alongside them. They didn't even know that you were walking with them. And they were encouraged and their hearts burned within them as you spoke words of hope. And they experienced that hope because you were walking with them. Walk with us, I pray. Walk with those who are feeling stressed. For those who are feeling like they're being stretched to their limit, Lord, may we know that rest. May we know the reality of that. And oh God, may we not seek for that rest in the wrong places, but may we find it in you, in the person of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, touch each and every person, I pray. Touch each and every one in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, whether you're watching online, whether you watch this later at some stage, on listen to it on a podcast, or you watch the video, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, He's inviting you to come to Him so you can know that peace. You can know that assurance of forgiveness, of being in right relationship with God, that He's a God who loves you, who has a divine purpose and plan for your life, that He wants to give you the gift of eternal life because Jesus took our place on the cross and paid the penalty for our sins so that we could be reconnected to Him. And all you have to do is pray a prayer from your heart. Say, Lord, I'm, I, I want to repent. I want to turn towards You. Forgive me. I accept what You did for me as a gift. Just like in the book of Hebrews, accept it as a gift. Receive that gift by faith. Let's pray together. Pray it from your heart. God will hear your prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to You today in the name of Jesus. And I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me. Give me a brand new start, a fresh beginning.
And I believe that I will never be the same again. Thank you for the gift of eternal life, for the peace that I will now have in my heart and a sense of divine purpose. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Do you believe it? If you prayed that prayer, we have a book, a resource we'd love to give you called Following Jesus. If you're here, Doug, one of the great members of our team, our pastoral team is here. He will have that book for you. Um, we have a, a group that meets every Sunday at 9.30 for 20, 25 minutes before the service. Grab a great cup of coffee. Find out about the, the basics, fundamentals of our faith. I know you'll be blessed by it. So thankful that you came. Uh, I want to pray for you before we go. But hey, before we go, we have a short video, uh, I believe, and someone's waving to me at the back there to make sure that I don't forget. We have a video about the forthcoming uh, seminar, uh, marriage and relationship seminar that we're going to show on the, on the screen. Uh, let's, let's check this out. We're going to just check this on the screens right now before we go. Hey Newport Church, we are Casey and Megan Caston of Marriage 365, and we are so excited to be joining you on Saturday, September 18th for your marriage event. If your marriage matters to you, my question to you is this, what are you doing to invest in it? And if the answer is nothing, or you don't even know, this is a great opportunity for you to come out and to learn and grow as a couple. And husbands, I'm going to challenge you, step up to the plate, initiate sign up, maybe even surprise her, okay? Because that's gonna communicate that you care about the number one, the one thing that's the most important relationship here on this earth, and that's with your spouse. Absolutely, so we can't wait to see you guys in September. Awesome, gonna be good. Make sure you sign up, and I wanna pray for you before you go. Father God, I thank you for each and every one. Lord, as we go, may we go filled with a sense of hope, May we go filled with a sense of divine purpose and destiny. Help us, Lord, to continue to grow and make a difference in our world. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Can't wait to see you next weekend. Don't forget, Saturday is our serve day. God bless you.